Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I am your host, Lucas Miles. You know, if you've been listening to this program for any length of time, I'm certain that you've heard me talk about FaithWire.com, who also hosts the Lucas Miles Show. I have with me today as my guest, the managing editor of FaithWire, Dan Andros. Dan spent time working with Glenn Beck as his lead writer and was with him at CNN, Fox News, as well as The Blaze. And Dan is really one of the masterminds behind FaithWire.com. I think as you listen to Dan share the vision behind FaithWire and the approach that they take to the news, you will surely understand after listening to this episode why FaithWire is quickly becoming one of the most sought-out news networks for millennials specifically, and I believe believers alike. With that, here is my guest, Dan Andros. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. Thanks for having me. Well, I mean, honestly, I have to say right from the start that part of the platform that we're on right now is thanks to you and FaithWire. And so a lot of people might not know this. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But the Lucas Miles Show is hosted by FaithWire. You're the managing editor of FaithWire. And so you've played a big role in really the release of the show. Yeah, and you remember that when you are, uh, you know, the big Hollywood lights and dominating everywhere all over the globe. You remember that. You remember who gave you your big break. Well, you can pull out this audio. You'll right, have good. availability for it. So that's, that's totally fine. So. <laughs> now, you guys have really been incredible. And one of the reasons that I wanted to partner with Faithwire was that I saw there being a real heart for just a new approach to news. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, everything around us in news and media right now and politics is so negative towards media. And I think it's horrible. It's horrible. (laughs) I mean, I come from a pastor background and there's times where you hear people say, oh, you know, organized church or organized religion. And so it's really easy just to feel lumped into this gelatinous mess of negativity. (laughs) And it's hard to stand out as, but no, we're different. You know, we're different as a church or we're different as a media outlet. And I know that you have pretty extensive background, even beyond FaithWire that got you to here. And I'd love to kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my background, and you're right, by the way, it's fair to say we're in an unprecedented time of division. We've always been divided. I mean, you can go back to the days of the founders with, you know, Jefferson and Adams, you know, the tack ads against each other and, and all this stuff, that classic political gainsmanship was happening from the beginning of the country. So that's nothing new. But I think with the dawn of social media and just the access to information that we have, it's so easy to just sit around on your computer and then sort of use that confirmation bias of, you know, it's, it's almost like a drug where you're like, yep, yep, oh, there we go. There's my lift for the day. That guy agrees with me. Boom, share it. And we've really segmented ourselves really more than I, you know, and I've been covering news for probably about, sad to say, but about 20 years. And it's getting to a point now where we are so fragmented, so segmented, where it's crippling the country where I think like never before. And me personally, I'm sort of coming out of that political mess. There's nothing wrong if you're active politically and you're fighting for issues that you care about. But I'm starting to see things after being in the middle of this for 20 years that eh, 
You know, I've seen the script flipped multiple times. And so I can go back to the first election I covered out of school and I had a job in local talk radio was the 2000 election. And I was in Tampa, Florida at 970 WFLA with Jack Harris, Ted Webb and the gang there. And we were covering it and we were right there in the middle of it where, you know, it was hanging chads. (laughs) It was pure chaos. We actually broke the story. I don't know if you remember this one. You're probably not old enough. I was in college. You might, you might not remember the specifics, but Al Gore had come down. They had debated Al Gore and George W. Bush debated at a school and Al Gore went on there saying that, man, the schools are so struggling now that there was a school here. The teacher was telling me that they couldn't even sit down in class. They didn't have enough chairs. Well, we called the principal because my host comes in and he goes, that's school. You've got to call this school. There's just no way that's true. It's one of the most affluent areas in Florida. Right. So we call it and the principal's like, yeah, um, the reason why they weren't sitting was because we had $100,000 of brand new lab equipment and they hadn't been unpacked from their boxes yet. So that's why the people were standing. So Drudge picks that up and he called <laughs> me and, and he was like, hey, you know, can I get that audio? And he posted it and I, and I actually made a request. This is a true story. I said, first, I didn't believe him. I said, this isn't Matt Drudge. He's like, it is. I'm like, it is. And with 20 for like five minutes. I'm like, no, it's not. And he's like, dude, it is just, can you just get, get on with it? So I finally gave him the audio and I said, look, I'll give it to you under one condition. I want a siren, a Drudge siren on the headline. He's like, sure thing. You got the siren. So there it was, you know, Gore, you know, makes up claim or whatever it was. So I've been in the middle of this stuff since that's when it was. The first one for me was 2000. And, um, and so that was sort of my entry into it. You spent time working at Fox and the Blaze, correct? That's right. So from Florida, that's where Glenn Beck got his talk radio start. And that's where I got connected with Glenn Beck was working in talk radio down there in Tampa. And so when Glenn was brand new on the scene, that's when I sort of got into the game. And then the show from there went national. We got first got a show on CNN headline news. And then from there went to Fox news. So very few people remember the headline news show, but there was some craziness there too. But yeah, then Fox things really took off from there. And I became the head writer of the television show there. Then obviously from Fox, Glenn left Fox and we created the blaze. And so that's where I was at the blaze up until the beginning of faith wire. So talk to me about Faithwire a little bit. I mean, this is in a lot of ways from, you know, what I know about you and have, even from what you're describing right now, Faithwire, it's a little bit of a deviation maybe from where you've been with a little bit different focus, not necessarily condemning anything you've been part of the back. It's oh. just different. So talk to me about yeah. that. I don't think there's anything wrong with fighting for the things that you believe in. Me personally, it's just time for me to move into a different phase because like, the focus for me and, and the sort of the genesis behind creating Faithwire is from that 2000 election when it was Bush and, you know, I saw everybody once Bush was elected, not my president. So then Bush is in there for, you know, they complain about him for, for eight years. Then Obama comes in and it's then now it's it's the same thing on the other foot. And, you know, I was right there in the middle of it. We had the red phone at Fox and Obama was out talking about Glenn Beck half the time. I don't listen to Glenn Beck. I'll read the Huffington Post. (laughs) So it was kind of a wild time. But so I was right in the middle of that again. But many times I started to see the script flipped, literally the same arguments being made from a political perspective by the same people who were arguing the opposite. Many times I've seen this over the years. And now with Trump in there, it's the same thing. You know, all of a sudden it's, oh gosh, you know, wow, now things are dangerous. You know, these same people didn't care about it when Obama came in and basically 
for lack of a better way to say it, came across as if he didn't like the country, that he right. wasn't patriotic. Now Trump's suddenly dangerous. And so, but then you've got the people defending Trump to the extent where people were defending. It's very similar arguments. And so I'm seeing this ping pong ball get tossed back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, eh. And as a person of faith, I tend to think that the solutions, you know, really come from the people versus government. And I think that's a conservative belief, too. And so that's why I say it's not wrong to fight for smaller government and these sorts right. of things. But our focus, at least my focus in creating FaithWire is pointing people to say, you don't have to plead with the Republicans. You don't have to plead with the Democrats. You don't have to plead with these people to get these things done. We can do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're better at it when we don't delegate the responsibility of the hard work. So for FaithWire, we're trying to show great examples like Hurricane Harvey. When these national tragedies hit, these weather disasters, is it better to nitpick Trump's response or brag about his response or say Obama wouldn't have done that? Is it more productive to engage in those things or is it more productive to show where people are doing good and say, hey, you know what, I can get involved in that? Are we better off if FEMA's doing X, Y, and Z there or if the Cajun Navy's coming in? So we had a couple of videos on the Cajun Navy. And, you know, those did pretty well. Like people like that stuff. And there's a reason why people like that. It resonates because that's who we want to be. And that's who we are as a country. And until this hyper division has come along. So, again, not saying don't fight it in your beliefs, in your politics and policies that we think will help and not help. But at the end of the day, we've got to be able to come together as one. And remember that we're in this thing together. I know it's cliche to say that, but that's true. And we've forgotten that. You know, it's interesting. There's obviously problems on both the left and the right in terms of how we approach things. And that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody should be moderate, but that we have to see that there's something bigger than politics that's happening here on this divisive level. And as people of faith, we can go, we're not surprised by that because right. we know that there's other powers at work here spiritually. But I've called this, it's almost like a reverse Tower of Babel. It's like for the first time, social media and the internet has allowed us to speak the same language since the Tower of Babel. I mean, you can hit Google Translate or Facebook <laughs> Translate. And all of a sudden now we're all speaking the same language, but we're still carrying with us these divisions and this rebellion against God that really create this environment of chaos. And I think that's really what you're speaking to. Yeah. And it is tough right now because, especially for people of faith, because the way I see it, I think we are, you know, in a way under attack. And I know People will complain and say, oh, yeah, you American Christians, you have it so rough when ISIS is out chopping off heads over in Egypt and Iraq. And absolutely, comparatively, yes, we are not the Pauls of our day being out there you know, right. martyred for our faith. But it is definitely true to say that the Christian worldview is under attack. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got Bill Nye calling people abusers if they teach them creationism. <laughs> You're a denier if you think that God's in control of the climate. I mean, how many times have we seen Governor Bevin just say something like, hey, we've had a drought, so we're going to pray. And he's like, and he gets absolutely scorned and ridiculed for this. And it's like, why? Right. Even if you think that's ridiculous, why would you do that? Why would you attack somebody like that? So I do think it's a challenging time for us as believers because we've got to stand up for the things that we believe. In. We can't just like roll over. You know, and just, well, well, turn the other cheek, not going to argue about that because we shouldn't be forced to do things like pay for abortions. You know, we, you should stand up for that. Absolutely. But at the same time, we have to do it in love. And that's a tricky balance. And I think a lot of times we fail. I think that's probably true and definitely a good point. It's something I think we need to hear. Are you looking to stay connected with current events, culture, religion, and all sorts of other news? Then faithwire.com is the place to do that. 
Hop over there, make sure and check out faithwire.com, the exclusive home to the Lucas Miles Show. Also for all things news, especially with positivity. It's so easy to get bombarded by all the negative news that's out there. And that's one reason why I love faithwire.com and why I've chosen to work with them for the launch of the Lucas Miles Show. It's just a great place to be able to go and get all of your information in one place. Stay connected with the world's happenings and leave with a smile. So check out faithwire.com and make sure and like them on Facebook. And now back to our guest on the Lucas Miles Show. I know your time's limited. I want to ask you a couple more questions here before we go. Sure. There's a few issues that I think you guys have done a really good job of. You've done a great job of covering a lot of issues, but I think there's a couple that keep standing out that seem to be close to the heart of Faithwire, and that is abortion and also the persecuted church. And you touched on those things a little bit, but why are those things so important for, and maybe let's talk about abortion. Why is that so important? Is that the canary in the cage of the moral climate of America? You know, it could be. I mean, for me personally, I'm just, you know, maybe that's just a reflection of like what moves me. And I know for speaking about the persecuted church around the globe, I think one of the biggest challenges we face as Christians here in America is the idol of comfort. And a lot of times you'll go on a missions trip or you'll see someone come back from a missions trip. And what's one of the first things that they always say is, wow, it just makes me so thankful for everything that I have. But I don't know that you should be so quick to be thankful for those things because they blind us. They're actually spiritual blinders because people in Haiti, people in Iraq, people in these areas aren't blessed with material things, which they are a blessing. But there's something that they have that a lot of us don't. It's a real closeness with God. And you come away going, man, how can somebody in Haiti that's literally living in a hut and they've got to walk down a hill to go get water? They don't know if they're going to be able to take a shower that day. You know, little things like a cut. I mean, when I was there a few months ago, I saw kids. You think of here in America when kids play, if they get a cut, you go into the cabinet, you get Band-Aids and you dress that wound up and you there. Well, it's a crapshoot. I mean, I saw kids that almost lost their legs just because they cut their kneecap playing a small cut and it got infected and it turned into this nasty infection that, you know, if it weren't for missionaries who were there helping them, they, they would have lost their legs, maybe even died. So the point is these comforts that we have that we look at as blessings so many times are really blinders. And so when I point to a story from Iraq or the Middle East, and you're seeing that, it's supposed to wake us up to, you know, these are our brothers and sisters in Christ, many of them, and fellow humans, who are suffering horribly. And are we supposed to just complain about their long line at Starbucks or whatever our big challenge was of the day, or, you know, our kids were screaming a little bit too much or whatever it was, which may be challenging, but let's keep some perspective here. Let's make sure that we're always using these comforts that we have and at least contemplating how we can pray and use these things that we've been given to help others around the globe. And so that's kind of where my heart is on the persecuted church thing. And also for the life issue, I just think it's, you know, me personally, it's just really one of the biggest shames in our country's history. I think that we've not only allowed this to happen, but it's become something that's celebrated. I think it's very clear that the science is on the side of that this is a life. I mean, it's a human life in the early stages of development. 
no matter what fancy words you put on that, that's just a truth that you just can't get around it. And you can try to call it pro-choice and change the words, but it's a genocide. And if you look at it, 55 million babies have lost their lives many times out of convenience. And that's really the worst part about it all. I mean, the argument oftentimes is trotted out that it's the health of the mother. And those are difficult scenarios, but those are very rare scenarios. Most of the time it's out of convenience. I can't afford this child. They won't have a great life. None of those things are reasons to end a life. And so my prayer and my hope in showing these stories, we try not to do it in a way that's browbeating or just like, look at these idiots. It's let's show people who were brave and made that choice. Let's show the mom that was pregnant and had cancer and chose to refuse the chemo treatments because they valued that life growing inside of them. And those are the people that we want to show to sort of illuminate that issue. Well, I think you guys are doing just a really great job with that. And obviously, you know, you and I both have relationships at other networks. And we just had Hannity on the show here recently. And we love everybody over at Fox and what they're doing. And I enjoy back over at The Blaze. Faithwire is quickly becoming, for me, a place that I go to read about those stories first. And love seeing that in my news feed on social media platforms. I think it's important that people hear this, although we've been focusing on maybe a couple of these more agenda driven things, you guys are covering the full spectrum. And that's what I love about it is I can see the mainstream news stories that I'm hearing other places, but see it through a place that I think is doing a good job of filtering out some of the noise and some of the left and right and just trying to expose. Let's look at maybe a, a different perspective here in this and try to provide some truth, clarity, and ultimately, let's bring this to a point of balance that we can actually still get along with the person standing in the line next to us at Starbucks. No, and I appreciate you noticing that and pointing that out because the life issue is definitely the one issue that's politically charged that we sort of weigh into. But for all the other issues we do, you know, present it in a way, and we presented the life issue in this way too, where we're not, a lot of sites will name call and snowflakes and, you know, liberal this and liberal, liberal that. We skip all of that. And it's actually a harder road to climb because on social media, it rewards you for, I mean, you would not believe, <laughs> right. I mean, you probably see this with all of the tools that we have available, like to chart things that are trending on Facebook and stuff so that you know all the stories that are going on. It's amazing how many, for lack of a better word, crap sites are out there that just get away with just like, you all believe what Chuck Schumer did, that idiot, blah, blah, blah. And it's just name calling, name calling, name calling. And I guess social media rewards you for that, but we're not going in that direction. And I think we may be early in the game, but I think that's the direction America wants to go in. I know I personally am tired of fighting that left, right fight and trying to play defense for them. I mean, you're really fighting it for them, Republicans and Democrats, like you're sort of just carrying their water. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Again, that's where we're going. I'm glad you noticed it. No, I mean, and it's not my place to talk about the specifics of this, but I know that you guys' numbers are headed in the right direction on a massive level. (laughs) And I think that really a lot of America is taking notice of what you're doing and the continued growth that you guys are going through has just been really phenomenal. So I've just been blessed to be kind of a third cousin to the Faith Wire team (laughs) here, you know, with my podcast. So I really enjoy what you guys are doing. And I hope this continues just to spread on a massive scale. Yeah, and we're glad to have you on as well as a third cousin. Uh, I think, is that what we called your show, the Lucas <laughs> yeah. Miles the, third the cousin? The Lucas Miles show, the third cousin to Faith Wire. I think, I think that's... <laughs> no, that's not at all true. We love having you on and, and you're doing great stuff and uh, fits right into what we're doing. So, yeah. Right on, right on. Well, Dan, I appreciate your time today and please give everybody a high five for me over there at Faith Wire and uh, look forward to chatting again soon. All right, Lucas, thanks. 
If you've enjoyed listening so far to the Lucas Miles Show, then I would like to invite you to head over to my website at lucasmiles.org. That's lucasmiles.org. And there you can find all sorts of goodies like my ebook, Unstoppable Grace, as well as my book, Good God. Also, if you haven't yet gone to lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter, you can go there and you can download a super secret chapter X, we're calling it, that didn't make it into Good God, but I think it's got all sorts of great material and resources for you. So in the topic of that chapter is the story of authority. So make sure and head over there and grab that. It's at lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter. And please let us know what you think.